Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Box Intercept Panthers quarterback Cam Newton four times, including three by safety Andrew Adams. Who? Exactly. And the other was by Javian Elliott. Jameis Winston did not turn the ball over for a second straight game in a row. He threw a pair of touchdowns, and the Bucs beat Carolina 24-17. We'll talk about this ragtag band of free agents that made up the Bucs secondary on Sunday. Meanwhile, the college football playoff is set. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Clemson. Number three, Notre Dame. They held on to their spots for the semifinal games to be played December 29th. The fourth team is... Oklahoma, which edged out Georgia and Ohio State. So Alabama's going to play Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl in Miami, while Notre Dame faces Clemson in the Cotton Bowl in Arlington, Texas. Of course, the national championship game played January 7th in Santa Clara, California. We've got all that to discuss with Tom Jones of the Tampa Bay Times on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, you know, Christmas is just a little over three weeks away. That means you have to go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Whether you're looking for that statement piece for your wife or girlfriend, like a diamond necklace, maybe some earrings or a bracelet, or maybe you want to pop the question and you have to get that perfect engagement ring, my friend Andy is going to take care of you at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. And get this, for our listeners only, right now, you can save an extra 20% off all jewelry prices. They already have the best prices in the world, and you get to save an extra 20% off. What a deal. You got to take advantage of this. Go see my friend Andy, Continental Wholesale Diamonds today. That's where I shop there at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. Okay, Tom Jones joins us now. And uh, Tom, that's two in a row and a big win over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Bucks do it by intercepting Cam Newton four times. I mean, this is not the. Uh, sort of the template that they've had this year. I mean, this this defense essentially won the game for him, even though Jameis Winston was turnover free. But um, what do you make of what the Bucks were able to accomplish and with a ragtag bunch of street-free agents uh, <laughs> that, that essentially were playing in their secondary? Yeah, with Ansel Adams, what's his name? The guy that took photos, and, he and takes true. photos of buildings or whatever? Or we're President honest. Andrew Adams, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, you know where it started, Rick? I thought it started all up front. The defensive yeah. line, I thought, had a really good day. And this has really been a couple of weeks in a row that the, the – well, I mean, JPP's been playing great all year. But, Three, really? Yeah. But they all up front, they played really well and, and got a lot of pressure on Cam Newton. And a lot of the balls that Cam Newton were th- was throwing up there were just wounded ducks because he was getting hit. So, I really, again, we talk about it. It starts up front. That's You know what? That's the way this league has become, Rick. If you – you know, if you can't get pressure on a quarterback, you don't have much of a chance because the way the rules are set up, we saw uh, a bunch of times Sunday where guys were just throwing balls up in the air and uh, and you get interference calls or guys would get open. But if you can get to the quarterback, you're going to give yourself a chance. So that's what I make of this game. That's what I took from it, that they got a lot of pressure on Cam Newton. And when they do that, they're, they're a pretty decent defense. Yeah, two of the interceptions were on balls where, where Newton was hit and they absolutely fluttered out there. So, so you're right about that. Um, 
I, you know, I'm amazed at how this defense has sort of turned a corner. And I think you're right. I think it does start up front. That's the only thing these days with the way the rules are that can neutralize what's been wide open offenses everywhere. Um, you know, I talked to John Lynch a couple weeks ago and he said, you know, that's, that's the big equalizer is if you have a pass rush and they're getting it now. That's the third straight game with four sacks. Um, they get the four turnovers. Now, all of a sudden, this is a, a team that didn't have a turnover since week three against uh, Pittsburgh, um, you know, has, has created, you know, six interceptions in two games. So they're, they're doing it, but they're doing it with a bunch of guys uh, that weren't even on the team when the season started. I mean, all five guys in the secondary, when Justin Evans went off at halftime, were no longer playing for this team. They were down to their fifth, sixth, and seventh corner. They were down to their fourth, fifth, and sixth safety. Um, you know, and, and yet Mark Duffner has found a way that Mike Smith was, was able to do. And, you, and, Tom, I know you wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times. You look back at so many games oh that this football team gave away, and if they had one more win, they would be 6-6, six and six, tied with Carolina, and right in the playoff picture, as bad as that is in the NFC. Now, you've always said, Rick, I learned this from you, you see, anytime that you're 500, if you're 500, even with two weeks left, sure. you get to 7-7, seven and seven, which is still possible for this team, mm-hmm. you give yourself a chance. Although this year, boy, it looks like 10 wins is probably going to be what it takes to get in. Good. But... But you're exactly right. You start to look back at, you know, boy, the Giants game. If Dirk, mm. had, if Dirk Hutter had started Jameis Winston instead of Fitzpatrick that day, would that have made a difference? You look back at maybe they could have won the Pittsburgh game. The Washington game you look back at where they went up and down the field and, and just couldn't put it in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, well, they I mean, tied it, you yeah. know, with one minute to go and just needed to stop the Bengals and maybe go to overtime after the comeback by Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then they allowed the game-winning field goal at the buzzer there. Exactly. So, I mean, and you take any of those games, if you could just change one and just give them one more win, they're at 6-6, six and six and you're feeling totally different about the last few weeks of the season. You mentioned a name a minute ago, Rick, and I wanted to ask you about this. And that's because some people have been sending me emails and on Twitter. They've been asking me about Mark Duffner. And, you know, Rick, I realize that they're playing a team the last couple of weeks. You know, they played San Francisco a week ago. San Francisco's playing their third-string quarterback who's been in the league like, you know, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, today they're playing a Carolina team that has now lost four in a row, so they're struggling a little bit. But is there a difference? I mean, how else do you explain this? This is a markedly better defense the last few weeks than yeah. prior to, to uh, when back when Mike Smith was here. Is a- it a difference? Absolutely. The guys, he's putting players in positions where they can do what, what their skill set is, where they can make plays. And that is not what Mike Smith did. And I think it starts with the pass rush. You know, Mike Smith had those guys, and this is kind of football ease, like two-gapping, um, which means they weren't getting in, in between the, the one gap and trying to penetrate as much. They were holding guys up at the line of scrimmage and letting their linebackers scrape and make all the plays. And that's one way of approaching a 4-3 defense. Um, but I see these guys making uh, you know, much more penetration, um, doing better job with their run fit. Now, today, you know, it wasn't a perfect day. I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey, they missed a lot of tackles. He had 106 yards rushing um, and was very effective as a receiver, too. So it wasn't like they completely shut him down. I think Greg Olson going out of the game was a big factor for the Bucks because that is Cam Newton's sort of safety valve. That is his... That is his uh, comfort uh, when he gets in third down, especially. So I think that helped them a little bit. But um, I, I think that Duffner has simplified some of the coverages. I think he's bringing more pressure when they do get ahead on the sticks, 
We saw two blitzes today that got home with Levante David and, and, uh, and Minter um, that we had not seen for some time. And it is about pressure, and it's about taking the ball away. There it and, is, and right that's there. the thing. The key to this league on defense is not the yards you give up. It's become, Tom, it's almost become like tennis. Can I hold serve? You know, if I can get you to, to turn the ball over or to get you to punt it to me, then I've got a chance to go up on you. And, and that's what the Bucks did. Now, you credit with the way they started the game. Here's the other thing that's different. On offense, Jameis Winston is very different. On offense, he is being careful with the football. They've come out now in the last two games and taken, and taken their first drive for touchdowns. And when you start a game at home with the lead, buddy, it's a different deal. It just is. You're not chasing the whole game. And, and that's especially for a team on the road. They want to get on top of you. They can't fall behind. The crowd gets into it. And I think that's been the other, the other big change for this team, quite frankly, is how the quarterback has decided to play the position. You can see times in this game, Rick, and I, I noticed it. Um, yeah. There were times where he purposely didn't throw the football, where he no. took a sack, mm -hmm. and they weren't ideal. You don't, you hate taking sacks because those are usually drive killers. Sure. He took four of them today. He took four. But you know what? I, you know, I, I even asked Dirk, and, and Dirk basically said that was a stupid question. But she's right, in a way, when I said, Dirk, would you rather see him take a, take a, a sack than throw a ball up into a dangerous area? And he says, what do you think? And he's right. I mean, it's it really is. It becomes the simple football. But Rick, you can notice it. You notice. Yes. It. You can see him thinking you out see there. See the wheels. And isn't and I, there's a part of me, and I, I've said this a couple times now uh, on the podcast and radio, is, is that there's a part of me that if I'm the head coach or a coach on this staff, <laughs> I'm almost mad at him. Yeah. That I can now see him do this, even though I've been begging for him to do it, and now it might be too late for my job. And my family may have to move in the 20 assistant coaches because this guy has just now decided that, oh, now, now I'm the one who's in trouble here. I want to preserve my career. Now I have to play the position this way. And guess what? When he does it, he gives them a chance. And that's what this position is in this league. Look, he made plenty of plays. The throw he makes uh, in the corner of the end zone to Chris Godwin, that, that was the biggest turnaround in the game. You know, Cam Newton's at the 25-yard line, and they're going in. And it's 10-7 bucks. Mm -hmm. And if they score a touchdown there, yeah. they're going to get the ball coming out to start the second half. And they're going to have a lead. And then you get the interception, which is a great interception by Javian Elliott. Keeps his feet, returns at 50 yards. And then Winston caps off that drive with a great throw with 13 seconds left in the half. And there's a 14-point swing. And now you're 17-7 in halftime. That's your ball game right there. But Jameis Winston made a great play, getting outside the pocket, rolling to his right, throws a, a strike to Chris Godwin and makes a nice catch. He still can make plays and protect the football. They're not mutually exclusive. Right, and he, we noticed there were a couple of times today he put the ball down, ran with it, made plays with oh, his yeah. legs. He was their leading rusher. He was their leading rusher. But, look, and here's he's doing it, Rick. No to Sean Jackson yeah. on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> well, no, that uh, might actually yeah. be a, a bonus. Yeah, we, we can get, talk about that we can get in a minute. To that. But no O.J. Howard as well. And yeah. the two leading targets and the two leading receivers on Sunday were Adam Humphreys and Chris Godwin. He feels obviously very comfortable with both of those guys. Yeah. They didn't run the ball all that At great. All. No. I mean, Peyton Barber, less than three yards a carry. Terrible. 16, Yeah, 16 carries for only 45 yards. So they, they didn't run the ball very well. The offensive line's continuing to struggle a little bit, but mm -hmm. Jameis made plays. And, again, it really is simple. It really is a simple game, man. Don't give the other team the football. Uh, take the football away from them. Look – the the you look at the you said it doesn't matter yards don't matter you're exactly right no four hundred forty four yards that's what the 
That's what the Panthers had yeah. on Sunday. 6.8 yards per offensive play. That's a lot. <laughs> no, that's a chunk, man. That's a chunk. Yeah. And and yet the Bucks. I'm not saying they won this game handily, but they, you know, they they won the game. It looked if you were to change jerseys, mm-hmm. the Bucks have played the game that the Panthers have played all season long. Right. Where they move the ball between the twenties up and down the field, and something happens where they turn it over. Right. Right. And even the the Bucks could have had a bigger day. Uh, but for the fumble in the end zone by Peyton Barber, which I still, for all the world, looked like he either stretched the ball across the goal line and it, it hit off Donovan Smith's shoulder pad, in which case it should have been a touchdown, yeah. uh, or he was down. Right. But in any case, they, they ruled it a fumble. Um, that's a red zone turnover and an end zone turnover at that. It was a touchback. Um, but, you know, so it's it's really something to see sort of how they've they flipped the script on Carolina because that's how they have played all season. What about let's ask let me ask you about Deshaun. So Deshaun's not in there, he had a thumb injury, couldn't play on Sunday. A couple of people reaching out to me on Twitter and so forth saying, Hey it's he doesn't it's it's like that's one less guy that Jameis has to worry about getting the ball to. You know, like in a weird sort of way maybe that was good. I still think we talked about this on the podcast last week. I still think given the choice would I rather have Deshaun Jackson playing or not playing? Let's be honest. I'd rather have him playing. He's a, he's an elite talent, but um, so I don't know that it was a good thing that he was gone today. But I don't know that it was a bad thing either. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, look, Deshaun Jackson is a, is a still an effective player. You know that is average. You know, almost twenty yards of catch this season. But if you look at the numbers, the breakdown is so startling. In in that you know Ryan Fitzpatrick when he targets him completes about seventy one percent of his throws. Uh, for a hell of a lot more yards. Jameis Winston, when targeting Deshaun Jackson, is completing about 36%. I mean, that is a, a dramatic difference. And last week, you know, we saw Deshaun have three catches for 19 yards, but they targeted him eight times. And Dirk Cutter said he sat down with Deshaun, he sat down with Jameis, and went over all eight throws. And guess what? For the most part, Deshaun Jackson was open. He yeah, ran he his route and he won him. Yeah. And, and this has been the thing all year. Now, let's put this in context. Here's a guy that asked to be traded, okay? Didn't did not get his wish. He's never refuted that report. He had every opportunity to, so we have no reason to not believe it. Right. The team going into today was you know three and what four and seven. Right. So very remote chance, one percent or less uh, of making the playoffs with that sort of record. Uh, and he's healthy. He's had a good year. He's been productive, but he knows. He knows one thing. Jameis Winston can't get him the football. Yeah. And the other thing he knows is that they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So the third thing he knows is that at $10 million not guaranteed for 2019, he's probably not coming back. I, I, he's made it clear he doesn't want to be here. And I would think that the Bucks will probably move on for him, although I don't even know who's going to make that decision. Um, but with no salary cap ramifications, it seems pretty obvious that he's going to become a free agent. And so he just turned 32 yesterday, and if you're if you're you know 32 years old and you think you got another year or two, you don't think John Gruden, man, Deshaun Jackson, there's teams that are going to line up for him, and they're going to be playoff teams too. So I think there's some self preservation here. We'll see. We'll see if this week, you know, from what I understand, sprained thumb or not, he was out there playing a week ago. This week there was no injury, uh, no additional injury to his thumb in that game against San Francisco, but he did not play. He practiced, never caught the ball, didn't play, inactive. Let's see if they put him on IR. If they don't, then he should be out here. It, it doesn't take you two weeks to play or to heal from a sprained thumb. It's just, right. You just got to – you sort of got to suck it up. And 
Um, but I think he's, I mean, he's, they're obviously better with him. But there is something about Winston that I think there was pressure to get him the ball. I think there's pressure on the playmaker, on the play caller to get him the ball and design things for him. And, and I think that if you can simplify the way it has always been, which is their offensive passing game runs through Mike Evans. Sure. And, and Deshaun's had trouble with that, the fact that everything is sort of filtered through him. But you know what? The rhythm that, that, that Jameis has, not Fitzpatrick, but what Jameis has with Evans, with Humphreys, and with Cameron Braid, although Braid had a struggling day today, um, those are his three guys that he can find almost any time on the field. And I think it's easier for him if he's not trying to force the ball to a guy who is frustrated, a guy who has bad body language after a few, few right. quarters. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I just think it makes things more simple. Doesn't mean they're better without him, but I think it's more simple. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, again, it's I, I don't know. I don't know what Deshaun's like on the bench or, or in the huddle. I don't know if he's coming back yelling, "Give me the ball, give me the ball." He's that kind of guy yeah. or not? But I'm certainly, I mean, I'm sure as a quarterback, Jameis feels responsibility to try to. Well, you know how guys say there are no receivers ever covered. He always comes back <laughs> saying I was open. In this case, he has been. Well, and he usually is open. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I mean, I, I understand. I think I understand people's frustration that it hasn't worked out quite. It hasn't been quite the home run. <laughs> quite. People thought, but I, I like I like Deshaun Jackson. I, think well, I like him too. I've known him since he was a rookie in this league, and I think he could absolutely on a good on a good team with a quarterback for whatever reason that could get him the ball. He'd be a huge asset for him. Uh, so are they still alive? I, th- I think they're still alive. They're still. I don't. They're I don't alive. The, rest of the schedule. I there's not a game on the schedule. I don't think they can't win. You know what I mean? Really? Well, look, they, they at Dallas. I think they can I feel win. about that one. That's the hard. That might be the hardest game on At the schedule. At Baltimore, suddenly, I guess their quarterback got yeah, dinged like, up today. Yeah, uh, but Lamar yeah, he's three and zero. He's three and zero as a rookie quarterback. Yeah, but Baltimore doesn't scare me. Good defense. Um, but. If I'm uh, like the, on the New Orleans Saints are coming here Sunday. I know, they Let's, beat that team. They beat them up in there in their well, in their building. They, they beat them, and the Cowboys just held them like ten points the other day. So yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess it's possible. But uh, you know, Drew Brees usually has a pretty good day against the Bucks almost anywhere he plays them, and he, especially. And and you know although let's think about this now they're going to want the one seed in the NFC right they're still right. fighting for that sure. they're playing to play for but they just clinched the division mm-hmm. um, so that's another year the Bucks aren't going to win it to add to all the other years <laughs> the Bucks aren't going to win it look it was important for them to beat Carolina it's important for them to beat New Orleans and Atlanta this is the division if you are ever going to get out of this this constant melees of never making the playoffs you have to win these games yeah. especially at home especially against teams you see twice a year. And if they can do that, I don't believe in momentum necessarily carrying over from one year to the other, but at least it tells you sort of where you are. They beat New Orleans twice now. They beat them in the last game of the regular season last year, and then they beat them, of course, in New Orleans to start the season. So are they out of it? No, they're not. I mean, like I said, one more win and they're sitting here 6-6, six and six, it's a different story. They still right. have to win two more games just to get to 500. Just to get to 500 and then what? You're basically talking about running the table. You have to run the table and win nine games. And I'm not even sure nine will get you. But but you wrote a column about yeah. I'm glad glad you're getting about Dirk Cutter and and about how you know in in an era where it's an offensive league. Look, Mike McCarthy, as we sit here tonight, just got fired by the Green Bay Packers. Mike McCarthy won a lot of football games in Green Bay. Yeah, they got a Lombardi Trophy. He's called a lot of plays Mm -hmm. for a guy named Aaron Rodgers, who's going to the Hall of Fame. And I don't remember Aaron Rodgers being grumpy about what Mike McCarthy did for him. But he's fired because they're 4-7, and seven and that's the way it goes. And they're ready to, to change, and, and maybe one is needed there. Um, but 
It's an offensive league, and you have an offensive play caller in Dirk Cutter. And when Jameis Winston, or heck, Ryan Fitzpatrick for that matter, yeah. doesn't turn the ball over, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that the offensive structure isn't part of that. Because when you run the football or try to run the football, uh, don't, don't turn it over in bad spots and get down three scores like they did again. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Against almost everybody, you have a chance. But I, you know, there's, there is a part of you that when you see these last two games and you see plays being plays out there to be made and see them overcoming third and 13 and all this, you know, you think to yourself, it's really not the offense. And the head coach is right in, in the sense that if we can ever stop turning the ball over <laughs> and, and playing and getting, if we can get pressure on the quarterback. And those right. two things, Tom, should have happened from the start. Sure. You know, they did enough in the offseason to make this defensive line pretty good. And they, they got a boost when Carl Nassib came over because he's absolutely killing it at sure. defensive end. So this is the better, a, a legitimate pro NFL, pro defensive line. Those two things are happening now, and they've won two games in a row. What if they win three? What if they win four? So, two? yeah, can these guys – does this – okay, forget about playoffs. Let's, let's just assume right. even if they run the table, they can't get in the playoffs. Right. But are, can jobs be saved by how they play these last few games here, but this last month of the season? I'm not – if they run the table and they finish 9-7, and seven, I think everybody's back. I think they're all back, yeah. And if they lose the rest of their games and – and the, the, the clearly, table gets run the other, other exactly, way. Exactly, clearly. Right. But let's say they keep playing about the way they are, lose a close one to the Saints. So they're 8-8-7. Eight eight, yeah, nine. lose a close one to the to the Cowboys and then win the other games. It, is there is there enough time? I guess I guess that's the question. You wrote a little bit about this today. Sorry, James. Is there enough time for these people to save their jobs? And, save their I, jobs? and I really don't know. I, I definitely think it's important. I think it's important how you finish the season. I think it's important, like tonight, you know, when or on Sunday night, when you saw – Guys coming in that were young players that have been with them in and out as practice squad guys or, or backups, and they play like this. I think that tells you the coaching staff is doing the right things that your players are getting better. They got a bunch of young guys that are hurt right now that they have gotten better as the year went on. I think you have to evaluate your team as to, hey, is this coaching staff getting us where we need to go? It all comes back to the quarterback, though, and I think you have two questions that you have to answer sort of independently. Before you, before you know. One is, is Jameis Winston, and this is an ownership question in my opinion, but if I'm asking Dirk Cutter or Jason Light, whether they're here or not, do we go forward with Jameis Winston? Do we give him a fifth year? We're already rolling the dice at $20 million right. so he's not going to get hurt. Do we give him a fifth year, regardless of who the coach is, to see if he's, if he's going to be the franchise quarterback? I think the answer is yes. I, I, it would be hard for me now. Could he throw four stinkers in a row in there and four picks a game? Yeah, that might change it. Sure. Um, 
and, and, and there are people that say, well, what are you going to learn in four games that you don't know after almost four years? I was one of those guys, Rick. I was one of those guys, if you don't know by now, you're never yeah. going to know. And you're going to have to, whatever decision you make, it's going to be a leap of faith. Right. But I'll tell you what, and maybe I'm, maybe this is the wrong way to look at it, these last two games are starting to change my mind because if he truly is thinking about not turning the football over and it's turning into results of not turning the football over, then I start to believe, like, okay, maybe maybe he's getting it. Maybe he's starting to get it. The other thing I come back to too, Rick, is like I just don't know what your what your alternative is. for quarterbacks. You know, for a quarterback, yeah. it's not good because now you've won so many games that you know. I don't know that there's many guys that quarterbacks that they're talking about are going to go in the top five anyway. Whoever they are in the first round, there could be three. Um, probably aren't aren't even considered as 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 surefire locks right. to say Marcus Mariota and Winston were right? right now. That doesn't mean they won't be. Um, but there isn't that guy. And then from a free agent standpoint, I mean, we talked about it. Um, you know, who, who are you Who are you really looking to get? Who do you think is going to – Teddy Bridge, is Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater the guy? Tyrod um, Taylor. Tyrod Taylor type. I mean, you know. Come on. Those guys. Yeah. yeah so you're, you're better off I think their best option is probably Winston. Um, now the question is, can Cutter coach him? And, and I don't really know um, because I don't know how they feel about each other. Obviously, Dirk has every right to be disappointed. And the other thing is the trust issue. Like, do you know he's not going to get suspended again? I mean, you have to assume that that's going to be the case if you're going to stick with him. Um, But this whole season comes back to me about how it began. And I think if without Jameis being suspended, and I think this has to be part of the evaluation. Hey, what kind of year did we just have? Mm -hmm. We had a choppy year. Right. We We started in training camp where... We knew our starter was going to be out for three weeks, and we got the backup prepared. And we got off to a hot start, and Fitzmagic, and then kind of the wheels fell off, and then we put Jameis in. He wasn't good. Well, no, he wasn't any good because he hadn't played for three or four <laughs> weeks. So, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't have the natural lead in into the season, or maybe maybe the four-interception game is a hiccup. Right. Right? Ben Roethlisberger has them. Sure. Yeah. You know? A lot of guys I mean, have. a lot of guys don't get benched with him. But right. I think the fact that, that he let another guy do his job and there wasn't a lot of trust. So I wonder about the trust between Dirk and Jameis Winston. I wonder if either both ways, Jameis, Jameis sure. you know, trust in Dirk and then Dirk's trust in Jameis. Well, and I also, you know, look, as much as I sort of, uh, you know, advocated Dirk Cutter coming back next season, or at least considering it if you're the Tampa Bay Bucks, he's not perfect. And he's not, he hasn't, he hasn't been flawless. So no. if I'm the Glazers, I'm like, you know what? We had a big conversation last offseason, Dirk, and we asked about Mike Smith, and you said bring him back. That's right. And you brought him back, and the defense was a total disaster. That's part of his evaluation. Yeah, and then and then there were also times this year where, I mean, no matter it seemed like whatever quarterback he picked to play. Turned out to be the wrong the wrong guy. Yeah. So he's That's done, on him, too. Exactly. It's Because I him. think you're with me that I was stunned, frankly, stunned, maybe surprised, yeah. that he played Fitzpatrick against the Giants. Yeah. That was the one that I didn't get because right. – you know, if you bench Jameis because he turned it over ten times in, in four weeks, well, when Ryan Fitzpatrick turns it over five times in two weeks, that's really the same pace. Yeah, it is. What's the difference? Right. The difference is one guy's 30, 36 years old and may not even play again, you know, and the other guy is your, you know, hopeful franchise quarterback that has been sitting on the on the pine for a while. So I mean, I thought that was the game that they were gonna bring him back in and we saw Fitzpatrick was absolutely terrible and then and then, you know, James came in and rallied him to four touchdowns and four possessions. But I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that Jameis is back. Here's the thing. This stadium was not full. They gave away tickets to this game for free. If you were a season pass holder, you got two free seats. The crowd was into it. It was, a, it was an entertaining game. 
against the division rival. I mean, Cam Newton has star traction. There's really good players on the field here today. Um, but I think if you're an owner of a franchise, you look at those empty seats, and you're still you're still in the business of of football. You're still in you know how can we make money on this product we have, right. and I, I think that's a tough sell. I think if I'm which is the tough sell, the Jameis or the Dirk? Dirk, right. yeah, the Dirk. The Jameis is already polarizing. Yeah, yeah. You know the funny thing is, I think Trevor Sigma said it, there there's so many factions of Bucks fans. Some believe I'm a Jameis guy, but I'm not a Dirk guy. Right. I'm a Jameis and Dirk guy. Right. I'm a Jason Light guy, but not a Dirk or a Jameis guy. Right. I mean, they're, they're really all over the board. So it's kind of like you have these three figures, and, and they're all got to be evaluated separately. But somehow, if any of them are left, they're going to have to continue it's to funny. work. Like, I wrote the column saying that, that they shouldn't be so quick to get rid of Dirk Cutter. Maybe they ought to bring him back. And I was expecting a lot of emails from people. Pushback, right? Yeah. And I was surprised of the emails I got. I probably got, I don't know, probably got about 20, 20, 25 or something like that. I would say all but a handful were like, hey, I liked your column. I think you're right. I think Dirk Hunter should come back. Wow. I was a little surprised by that. But you're right, Rick. Like, as soon as Mike McCarthy got fired to, on <laughs> Sunday, I started getting tweets. Like, almost <laughs> our buddy KZ from New Jersey. Oh, no. I, I congratulate him. I said, congratulations, KZ. It took you exactly like 30 <laughs> seconds before you like, should the Bucks go after Mike McCarthy? Like, but that's a name that gets people excited. So you do wonder if... You know, if Does it get people excited? I, I don't think it should. Like, I'm not coming here to watch a guy wear a headset. But, <laughs> I mean, for some people, it does. I mean, if you can't win with Aaron Rodgers. No, nah, well, that's true. What are we saying? I know. Well, he did win at one time with Aaron Rodgers. He won but, one Super Bowl. But, I mean, but look, the Glenn. Love, he went to a Super Bowl, but he didn't win here. <laughs> no, no, look. Really. <laughs> don't start leaving <laughs> the, the, the chart. But you look at, I mean, people, get, like, the Glenn's get goo-goo eyes for some of these, you know, Big names. Mike McCarthy? I mean, he's not a big personality. He's a name. I oh, mean, he's look, a name. You know where Mike McCarthy's going to go? Cleveland. No, he is. Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's a better job, I think. If you, yeah. can't, if you can't get Oklahoma's coach, that is. Right. right. Who I think will be the top assistant or the top college coach right. that everybody will want. Do we have time to talk about colleges? Yes, absolutely. Do we, are we ready to move on to that now? Let's do it. Okay. Agree? Disagree? We got Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and then the big one, Oklahoma. Did they get it right? <laughs> I mean, my pause says it all. I think they got it right. I think they got it right. There are two teams that you can make, I think, arguments for, one better than the other. Ohio State clearly is, is the team that I think at the end of the year, look, they're a more talented team, in my opinion, than Oklahoma. If they played Oklahoma tomorrow, Ohio State would be favored probably by, I don't know, Why? 10. You think so? Yeah. Wow. I do. I think Oklahoma would win that game. You do? I do. And they and they would stop them when? Never. Okay. <laughs> but I don't think Ohio State it, would stop them ever. Well, no, but Ohio State did stop some teams. I they mean, did? They they haven't I mean if you look at if you look at who they played, yep. um, they got better as a season. They have far more talent. Here's the thing I don't know. Are we are we trying to get the four best teams in the NCAA to play each other? for this championship, or are we trying to get the four most deserving? Because those are totally different arguments. They are. You know, clearly they got the four most deserving. Yes. And I think three of them are the best. I'll, I, and I'm not sure about Notre Dame because they didn't play a team that had a defense ranked higher than 50. Right. Okay, so 
They, I mean, it's not their and they, fault. They win, they win ugly. They win. I heard Kirk Hershey talking about this. Yeah. They're a type of game that's not going to blow you away. They're not going to impress you. Right. I watched them play a Syracuse team, okay, at Yankee Stadium yeah. um, a couple weeks ago, and they lost their Syracuse lost their quarterback in the second series. Yeah. They couldn't put him away to the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. It was 20 to nothing. It was an ugly game. Yeah. They missed a bunch Every of Every game like that. They, USC was like yeah, that. Yeah. So, I mean, and again, I think their schedule is, is, is good, but, but really, as it turned out, the teams they played this year weren't good usc wasn't any good right you know what i mean florida yeah, state yeah, wasn't any good right they, they didn't get help on that uh-huh. but, but when we eliminate ohio state from this conversation i think the reason we do is because their loss was so bad they had a loss they got blown out they, they by purdue which yeah. barely made a bowl game and do we forget the maryland game we can't forget the maryland game because if maryland catches a two-point conversion it's not even a talk so we're not even talking about this but you talk about rick either most deserving or best team the best team is uh, – the team that I think is better than Oklahoma is Georgia. So that's what it comes down to. If, if our discussion is between yeah. who's better, Georgia yeah. or Oklahoma, yeah. which team's better, which team's more deserving. I think Oklahoma's more deserving. If they were to play each other, yeah. I tend to think Georgia would probably win that game. I kind of do too because, I mean, I, if you I, – I, I, I'm not sure about this stat, but I think I heard it, so it must be right. Is that something <laughs> like the last two times Georgia has played Alabama – Georgia led all but nine minutes. That sounds about right. I mean, they were up pretty <laughs> you know? much all the national championships. And, and so what does that ago. say to you? And I think the other thing, the other comment you had was Kirby Smart saying, well, if you want to know who's better, ask Nick Saban who he'd rather not play. Right, and I guarantee you he'd much rather, Nick Saban would much rather play Oklahoma than play Georgia. I'll say this, though. I don't know how you could have put Georgia in and looked and looked at Oklahoma in the eye and done with two losses. When no. you could, Georgia with two losses did not win their conference championship. Yeah, and it, I'll tell you, I'm what, not it, so hung up on that. Ohio State didn't win their no, conference they championship and won the national championship. That's true. And Alabama, I believe, went one of those. They did too. Yeah, and won a national championship and didn't win the, their conference. Right. But I don't know. Like Oklahoma did everything that you're asking the team to do. Yeah. But then again, that goes back to that goes to deserving, not the best. Well, that's what I'm saying. I deserve there. Now, see, there's a couple other things about this. One, I look at Georgia and say, before we start feeling bad because they're not getting their chance, they had their chance. They had it Sunday against Alabama, and they had a two touchdown lead in the second half against their team's backup quarterback, and they couldn't get it done. So. You have only yourself to blame for not being. Yeah, and the, the fake, floor. the fake punt, and the, you know, yeah. I mean, they made some decisions in that game. So but. you did have your chance. That was it. You did. You missed they did. But here's it, the other thing, Rick, that do. I wonder if, and I don't know if the committee should ever fall into this or not. Would it have been ultimately fair to Alabama to make them play Georgia again? You know what I'm saying? Like Alabama just got done beating Georgia, and we're like, nope, got to play them again. Well, really? I got to play them again? Well, I just beat them. Well, but they're in your conference. I mean, you know, this goes back to. Uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't like your conference, leave it. I mean, I guess you could be like you know Urban but Meyer you know who went saying? to the Big Ten. Yeah, well, that's you got away from Alabama. But I mean, it's just that's who you play. Look, I think but you're asking me to beat them. But you, I just beat them, and now I got to play them. I know, again. but if you're in the SEC, you're trying to tell everybody that every team you play is a is a dogfight war, and they can kick the crap out of everyone in every other conference. Yeah. So how can you have it both ways? How can you say, well, whoa, 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 we got one loss, but we play in the SEC, so you, hey. This is a tough league. And then when you play a team that's just as good as you and, and you beat them, you want to say, but I never want to see these guys again. You think they wanted to see Alabama again? You know what? Yeah, no. When they I'm, didn't win the conference for, championship? No, for, I mean, I, I just say that it's, you're asking, like, if it's you and I decide to go out and play pickup hoops right now and say, okay, we first got a 21 wins and you beat me, and then we run it back. Like, I get to play. Now, now I'm the, all, at the end of the day, if I beat you in the second time, I'm the, I'm the all-time champ. Like, wait a minute. Right. I beat you a minute ago, and you just beat me now, so let's play again. They're playing a third. But game. I don't see Alabama making that argument. 
Does this now? Does this lead? I'm a big like. Let's leave it at four. I don't want to add no, more teams. It's gotta does this make you? Does this make a stronger argument for let's start adding? But it's teams? been that way to me. Look, it, this seems like simple math to me. Okay, there are a power five. There's a power five conferences, right? Yeah. How and and you made a point earlier today that I I had not heard, but I think it's great. However, those five conferences want to want to elect or determine the team that's going to represent them in the playoffs. Yeah, they can do it if that's conference championship, if that's the highest ranked, if that's some regular some, season based on regular whatever season it is, record, whatever you want. Let to do. them come up with the that's, criteria. Our boss Mike Sherman came it's up a, with that. I think idea. it makes sense. And then yeah. have the at large. Now you're going to get a lot of talk about the at large. Oh, hey, what about Notre Dame? What about UCLA? You know, the, it what doesn't matter Georgia what that number second, is. Yeah, yeah, you got 64 teams in the NCAA college basketball tournament. They fight over 65 and 66 and right. 67. So. That's always going to be there. But it makes sense to me to have the Power Five plus one, however you do that. And, if, and, and, and the other thing that I think is, is worthy, and it wouldn't always work out this way, but what if you ranked Alabama, let's say it's six teams, and you included Ohio State and maybe Georgia or somebody else. What if you took Alabama and Clemson and just gave them a bye week? Yeah. Just said, you guys get a bye because you're the top two teams in right. the nation. We got you ranked that way, rated that way. You're entering the playoffs as a bye. Then that adds just one more layer of games. Sure. For one for two for teams. For two teams. Yeah. I like that. I if you're gonna add games, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. What see what I thought made the other game great, the games great on Saturday, particularly the Georgia Alabama game. Was that you had a feeling like this was a playoff game? Like yeah. the loser. Maybe. Although if Alabama, although I think lost, Alabama would have got, got. And would that have been a problem for you? Alabama get well. I mean, if it's the Alabama same scenario lost, that I was griping about yeah. a minute ago with Georgia. But don't Biden. don't you? Wouldn't you have agreed that they're better than Oklahoma? Because you can't tell me if Alabama played Oklahoma right. that they wouldn't be favored. Yes, right. And by probably a good bit. Right. Alabama would have gotten in. Alabama most definitely yeah. would have gotten in if they would have lost that game, say twenty eight twenty one the other day. So who's your national champion? Well, I think Alabama. I mean, I, I'm. You know what? And I. Again, we don't root for guys, but I was I like Jalen Hurts. I've got a chance to talk to Jalen Hurts a couple of times when the national championship game was here yeah. years ago when they lost to Clemson. And he I was played in the great, lo- by the way. He played, and I was in the locker room well after that game. Mm-hmm. And he stood there talking. There was a couple of us just sitting there talking to him. He could not have been kinder, mm-hmm. nicer. This is after a devastating loss. And I've always been real impressed with Jalen Hurts. I think Alabama wins it. The my my four team would have. I never get, did you care. Would you? Have, what would you have picked? Would you have picked Georgia, Oklahoma? No, I would have gone Oklahoma. I think they got it right. I, I think at the end of the day they got it right. I was impressed with Oklahoma. I was impressed with the quarterback. I'll say this too. Oklahoma, their quarterback should win the Heisman, in my opinion. You think so? He's I love good. Tua, but Tua in a big game, yeah. in a big game like he had against Georgia. Didn't play I'll well. Say this and I about, think, I'll say this about. I'll say this. hurt. I'll say this to He's support got a your bad argument, wheel, but to support your argument. There were probably how many drives this year? How many possessions did Alabama have this year where Tua absolutely positively had to score? Like hardly any until yeah. yesterday. Now he's great. He's great. He's maybe the best pro prospect I've ever seen at Alabama, and, and maybe oh, yeah. the best college thrower. I've but there was seen. never a game in Alabama was in trouble this year nope. until yesterday. That's right. Um, but even the Citadel game, it was like what ten, ten and a half, and no yeah, one actually thought that was going to happen. But like there were plenty of games where Oklahoma was just in shootouts. Where they had the their Every defense possession. is so bad mm-hmm. that teams are going up and down the field on, and Oklahoma had to score. And there were games in the second half where they were losing, and that they had to they had to score. And there weren't many play. There weren't 
there were no moments this year where Tua had to do something like right. that. So. Right. Well, it's going to be interesting. So, got the college football playoffs coming up. Of course, this weekend is just uh, Army, Navy, and college football. But yep. uh, after that, we'll we'll have that. And then the Bucks. Um, be back here uh, discussing their their game against the New Orleans Saints, which I'm sure Sean Payton and Dirk Cutter will renew their love fest oh, yeah. with each other, uh, and uh, see if the Bucks can make it three in a row. And if they do, Tom, yes, going to Baltimore, needing one win to get to 500, will be a really interesting trip for the Buccaneers. Absolutely. Look, I think they can. Uh, if they get to seven and seven, Rick. You never know. You really don't. All right, Tommy, I appreciate it. We'll uh, talk to you this week. Thanks. Sounds good. Hey, thanks for listening. We've got lots to talk about this week. Of course, I'll be at One Buck Place today to talk to Dirk Cutter about the Bucks' win over Carolina. The Lightning are at New Jersey tonight, so we'll have plenty to discuss there. And remember, go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds, and you'll receive 20% off all your jewelry needs just for listening to this podcast. Christmas is around the corner. Uh, Go see him now. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard. Suite 150 right next to the Penthouse Club. My thanks again to Tom Jones. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Monday, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.